And sometimes I'm like, okay, I have back pain, but what? I'm so lucky I'm running. Like I get so emotional when I even start running because what am I doing? Why am I even here? You know? So I just feel like it's such a blessing. And then you start enjoying it more versus just being so upset about something because... beyond busy high achievers all over the world again a fun live training because we have a panel interview with three baddest athletes right now and we are excited for tonight's training my name is coach Shangri-La this is Benera I will introduce you our special guest tonight we do have Julie from Arizona Scott from Georgia we also have Mark from San Francisco California we are going to talk about making impossible dreams possible discovering the almost magic simple strategies that allow these three athletes to make their dreams a reality despite of challenges and i'm sure you're looking forward to it especially especially because we have our new year coming and uh, this is we, we are going to have a reset of 2021, welcoming 2022. And that's why I was thinking for everyone, I said like, you know what, Vinetta, let's have a live training to pump our athletes in Ironman and beyond to get them started to the new year of 2022. Thinking about goals. Yeah. Yep. Perfect timing. Well, we're going to break down their stories. I'm sure you're going to be very inspired, very inspired. And uh, these athletes have, um, you can relate to them and you'll see, uh, you know, the challenges that it's not always perfect during the race. Sometimes you just see their results, you know, or like your friends have like great results, uh, for example, in social media, but sometimes it's not just always perfect. And these are the time also that you're going to be able to learn also, like how can you actually reframe your mindset when you have a challenge that's in front of you, or how can you solve a problem? How can you still move forward to your goal, even though it's just so hard? All right. But then you want your dream, right? And uh, so before we get going, we want to welcome those new athletes, new athletes in our money beyond. Welcome, welcome, athletes. Welcome. We do this one uh, every, every Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time. It's a free live training. My suggestion is put in your calendar so you don't miss out. If you ever miss out though, we do have the replays. Just raise your hand if you want the resource and our team, our team members actually, we have three people helping us out. That is actually Sarah, Julian and Andre. They are our new team members besides me and Vinetta because there are just so much of you wanting to get help. So, so we got Mark here, Julie and Scott looking amazing. Um, so Mark, Mark actually just finished California International Marathon. Hello, Mark. Just raise your, say hello. And he, he actually came, um, yeah, he beat his PR by about, if my math is correct, about 34 minutes. He came from 333 to 259 wow. with seven weeks of coaching. Insane. Despite <laughs> of prior challenges, some of it is specifically knee pain and actually getting sick could be like two, three weeks. It's, yeah, and we'll, we'll tell more about the story later. Um, next thing, Julie. Julie also, this year, again, beat her PR, personal record. I mean, he doesn't. she doesn't really need to uh, qualify for Boston Marathon anymore because she's overqualified for her age is 350. Right, Julie? Julie, mm -hmm. that's 350. And, uh, but so, yeah, she's still just racing the bar. Um, and she got 317, okay? Woo! Three weeks after beating her half marathon PR also. So he, she also got a PR of half marathon PR, also plays in her age group. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Next thing, Scott. Scott, this is Scott here looking amazing also. Scott, Scott. Okay, this is great. She, he finished his first uh, full Ironman. Who wants to be a full Ironman finisher here? First timer. If you just finish, like, for example, you're finishing a sprint triathlon, don't you? Like, I just want to be that Ironman finisher. I was there. Or like, you just started triathlon. You haven't even done, you know, let's say a, a sprint, right? Here, we have an Ironman finisher here who finished his first 
Iron Man with 11.30 time. And during the training also, he, he had a very busy schedule. We brought him along also uh, in the last training. Uh, we talked about him beating his 70.3 PR and also finishing his Boston Marathon within only 10 days period. That was crazy. With a lot of travel. <laughs> and that's what we're going to be talking about. But then, you know, like, did they really think that this one is going to happen like this fast or at this, you know, that that's why we're going to be talking about this one because, um, yeah, when I, uh, Scott said, when I sign up for Ironman Cozumel, my goal was to finish. My goal time was 13.06 and I, and I didn't think that was achievable yet to finish my first Ironman under 12 hours. Wow. Next, <laughs> Julie said, I wasn't sure about hitting 7.10, so I didn't force myself to slow down. You know, so Julie's always like, always surprised. <laughs> I never thought... I actually could, you know, and he, she would tell me like, coach, really? I, I would go for that pace. And then she'd go <laughs> at it and then she gets it. Next thing. Nice. Also, Mark said, I asked him, uh, Mark, did you ever think that you're going to actually qualify for a Boston Marathon just two weeks ago? <laughs> he said to me, not a chance. Even if I was healthy <laughs> without getting sick, I did not think that I would actually qualify. Okay. Um, he also was surprised. Well, let's get going. Let's introduce these three badass athletes, Julie, Mark, Scott. Welcome, welcome to Ironman and Beyond Live Training. How are you all doing? Congratulations for an amazing year. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. you. Did, um, just amazing this year. Just like going after it. Nice. Yep. It was really great to watch you you guys improve and, and uh, do, do this. So, well, you know, when, when Julie actually started, so after COVID, he had, she had a break. And when she started... Um, you mean this year? Yeah, this year. She didn't start with like, okay, I'm going to hit 7.30 because I don't want her to get hurt. She started at about 10 minutes per mile. And the main reason is because her heart rate was going up fast. Okay. She got her low back pain also, you know, until like we, we, we get faster and faster. There's a lot of communication. Next thing also, Mark, before, before she, we got on the real training, he, he just, you know, he was just in a vacation in Europe. <laughs> Couldn't really run much there, he run here and there. And then he had an eye on the CIM marathon, which was just two weeks ago. We didn't really plan also for Boston. I said like, okay, this is the goal. <laughs> Mark, I don't know where you're at right now. You just had a vacation. And you know, we, there was some, some knee pain last time. And that was seven weeks prior to the actual CIM marathon. Okay. So it wasn't, yeah, we did not plan for it. Next thing, Scott. Scott, the first time I talked to Scott, through a Facebook messenger. She's in the Ironman and beyond. It gave me this long list of races. It looks like it's a full-time job. <laughs> and like, I, I scratch my head every time he adds a race. <laughs> Little do I know until I start talking to him is that he also has some challenges physical, uh, you know, specifically, you know, with his prior discomfort or pain, there's plantar fasciitis, hip issues, knee pain, okay. But these athletes didn't stop there, you know? So, so that's what we're gonna tackle. I wanna know who's here, who's wanting to be a Boston Marathon qualifier or Ironman finisher say, I, I wanna be an Ironman finisher. What's your Ironman race? Yeah, which one? That would be fun to know. Put it in the comments. Let's see which Ironmans are, are people aiming at. Or if, if it's not Ironman, I mean, you know, we're talking about dreams here. Yeah. Have you ever thought, you know, like there's this big goal, you don't even know how to get there, but you have a dream. It's just right here. And sometimes you just don't want to look at it because it's just too big and you put in a back burner. I'm talking about myself. <laughs> it's about me going for a triathlon when I was a runner. I put in a back burner. I want to be a triathlete, but I don't know how to swim. Put in a back burner. It took like two years. 
And there's a dream until like, you know what? I'm going to do whatever it takes. I don't even know how, but I'm just going to commit to it. And that was the first beginning. So if you are here calling in and you have a dream, put down below. And we want to know, and you know, just talk about it, right? Fantasize it as a, as a start. <laughs> but when you start talking about your dream, that's actually a start. Okay. Even though without you knowing. All right. Well, let's talk. Mark, okay, let's talk Mark. Tell me where you're at in training when, you know, when you reach out, I guess, seven weeks ago or three months ago. Like, how was your training then? I was just running here and there. And like, I, I always do half marathons. So I knew I could run fast, like at a, like at, at a half marathon, uh, sure. but I'd never, you know, attempted running fast for 20, not even 20 miles, like more than 14 plus miles until the training. So that's where I was at. I was, I, I don't, I don't even think I hit a seven minute pace um, in my half marathons <clears throat> prior. So it's yeah. crazy how I went to, to Boston qualifying at 649 pace for the whole 26 miles just two weeks ago. You were running <laughs> at 648. <laughs> yeah, wow. And you were, uh, you were actually pacing yourself because you felt like you could run further, which is a good mm -hmm. strategy that you yeah. did. So you actually told me to go at a 710 pace and then a seven minute pace uh, because based on like I got sick and I was feeling horrible knee pain. Like um, I've always had like runner's knee from running a lot um, and it would really hurt me all the time when I'm like, it was just hurting me so much. Um, however, I, I got a massage. I started um, using KT tape um, and it actually, you know, got a lot better after the massage and just taping my knees. Uh, but now that I rested for two weeks, it's a lot better after the race. Um, so yeah, that was the only concern I had, like going into the race, like, um, will my knee like give up or something? So, so I'm just really surprised that I, my, I, I just stayed with the pace group, three hour pace group. And I was really surprised mile after mile. I was just staying with them. Like, I was like, what's going on? Why am I not slowing down? Cause it was like a 49 pace. I like, I never go that fast for, for, for that distance. Wow. Mm -hmm. I, I can speak to his mindset, though, because I chatted with him just before the race, and um, he was uh, set about, I'm running with a three-hour uh, pacer, and I'm going to do it, and you and I are going to PR on Sunday. I was like, whoa, nice. I need that encouragement. <laughs> yeah. So confidence, you, you know. declare already. What's that? I, you said that uh, Julie that uh, Mark was declaring it already. Yeah, and I loved his yeah. mindset when he claimed it. He said, yeah. and he included me in his like, "Hey, we're gonna be our yeah. Sunday, and Sunday will be a great race." I said, "Okay." So I feel like I have to do my part yeah. <laughs> to fulfill yeah. what he claimed. Yeah, yeah, that so was good. Uh huh. Yeah, no, that, that's really really good. So, so was the Boston Marathon quali qualifying for Boston Marathon? Was it your dream? Uh, I've always just had my eye on it. Like I thought that, you know, it something that really it's, it's, it's like, and it shows that you're a really good runner at what you do. And I love running. So I've always ran, you know, in the beginning, I always ran just to like, you know, um, get my mind off of things and stuff. But then I, I've always, I've been doing it now consistently for the past four years and um, you know, it's been four years now. So I definitely want to go to the next level. So I definitely had my eye on it for a while. Nice. Actually, uh, you know how it is when we show like old pictures. <laughs> so, uh, it's like showing a big yeah. picture. So this was actually yeah. more two years ago. 2019. 2019. Marathon, 440, almost five hours. Yeah. So uh, his first marathon was 440. And on 2019, we, again, seven weeks of coaching, he got from 440 <laughs> to 333. That was 2019. He had a break, COVID. And then now this year, what he did was from 333 to 259. That's a big job. <laughs> wow. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, when I didn't think it was humanly possible, and then now you surprise yourself. And uh -huh. then now it looks like you're aiming for 255. Uh, yeah, I'm 250, 255, some average 630 pace, just to, you know, get a little bit faster marathon, yeah. solidify myself in Boston 2023. Cause I just made it like, and I didn't know that I was going to make it at all. So now that I know that I made it, I know I could do even better. Like 
I, the fact that I accomplished it, it's like, I could just apply what I did, redo, you know, and then just get faster. So love what you said. I, I love what you just said, because when you experience it, yeah, you basically you learn how to get mm-hmm. there. Now, are you, are you saying that you also apply, uh, meaning that the mindset wise, that if you're able to actually jump that fast, you can do it again and have a yeah. good. Oh yeah. Cause I had no idea I was going to, I thought I was going to be happy with the 310 finish. Like I, I didn't know I was going to get 259, um, but I was happy with the 310. So it's crazy that I got um, 259. And if I could do that, then I honestly could just surprise myself again. If I just do the same, you know, discipline of training that I did. There you go. Well, we'll talk more about discipline. Let's hear about Scott. Scott next. So, um, it was your first first oh, Ironman. Cozumel. We haven't talked a lot about it yet in Ironman and beyond. So, um, yeah. When did you when did you aim for that goal, Ironman Cozumel, or Ironman? Can you remember? You know, I think I started thinking about the about going a full distance maybe in like 2019 mm-hmm. and I was I was really trying to set up with a couple races and you talk about my race schedule from last year which by the way I need to add two races to this year to remind me <laughs> you know this one um, <laughs> I'm scratching my head you're good you're a better athlete but um it, it you know a lot of things got canceled and they got pushed forward so mm-hmm. I wasn't able to do the half you know, going with the mindset of building yourself up to achieve those goals of, you know, accomplishing those 70.3s and, and trying to build your base up thinking that that's the way that you should or need to do this. And, you know, we learned from some of the other athletes that not the case, you don't have to do it that way. But there's no formula for having to do these other events as prerequisites, right? There's no qualifier for an Ironman. But um, because everything got canceled in 20. 20 and pushed to 2021 I had all those races kind of stacked up paid for travel plans made so we went forward with with a lot of that and then just added Cozumel to the end so I was about a year mm-hmm. behind my goal just based on COVID and the pandemic gotcha. Gotcha. but um it just kind of came out one day and I was looking for Ironman a reason to be I was looking for a reason to go do this and you know, we love going to, to Mexico and vacationing there. So I was able to talk my wife into going along because there's a beach and uh, tropical um, waters. <laughs> and I was able to convince another friend of mine to just train with me and, and sign up and do it. And, and from that, we just inspired each other a little bit each week to do a little bit more. Um, but it wasn't until I finished my first 70.3 in, in 2021 that I realized I needed to do something different. And that's when, you know, I reached out through Messenger and said, I need a coach. I'm done fooling around. I want to put structure to this and I want to achieve my goals. So then fast forward the next five, six months. And, uh, you know, here we are, Ironman finisher. Yeah. First one. And you did it right. First one. And you did it right. Yes. You you know that you, you know, you, because... Yeah, if you didn't uh, reach out and you do it yourself, what do you think would have been different? Yeah. Um, would you I know I wouldn't have made, there's, yeah, there's no way I would have had data success. I'm just a person who likes structure and, you know, I like to know what I'm doing, when I'm doing it, how long it's going to take. Kind of put a, a blueprint together. And I think that's the thing that really, um, brought it all together and tied everything together was not just training because I I could go get a training plan, but my blueprint needed to include other things. And that's what I think brought um, me to the level that I, that I really ended up getting to ultimately. Um, And kind of what Mark was saying, there's no way I expected an 1130. It was only not even two months before that, that I ran up my, my best, 70.3 and my 140.6 was like just double that time like there was like no way that I was thinking I'm going to take my 70.3 and double that and be faster Mm -hmm. than that time 
on a 140.6. That doesn't make any sense. It's like, it's like I no. only ran this for a 5K, but I want you to be faster than that in a 10K. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. You can't rationalize that. You know, so Mark, I'm sure you had that same experience with the, with the marathon going, well, I only ran this as a half and I ran this as a full. It's, it's, you know, and, and th that's the kind of success that I just couldn't um, think was possible <laughs> going into that. <laughs> when we started planning out like a projected pace, um, and I'm like, coach is crazy. There's no way that I'm going to be able to do that. And, you know, I go down there and, and I nearly even did better than that. So it was, it was um, quite refreshing and, and just like a, a magnitude of success that you feel when, when you accomplish something that, that you've worked towards, but having the success beyond what you even thought was possible. Wow. I like what you just said, Scott, and I want to, uh, you know, just pierce on that one. You said, mm -hmm. there's no way that I could be beat that pace. And then there's also Marcus that there's, you know, like, what, you know, I don't know how that I can actually qualify. I mean, you both are, and also Julie, you know, you all are like experienced. You got some, some achievements already in your belt prior to even achieving those things already. You got the experience, you're strong athletes, but then yet there's still this, I'm gonna call it as limiting beliefs until actually you do it and then you prove yourself that you can do it and you did it, right? I think that was a huge thing for me was just along the way, you know, going from, you know, the 70.3 is my longest endurance race that I've had. And, you know, I've ran 26.2 marathons for, for a long time. In fact, we were talking about my first one last night was in 1997. So I've been doing long distance running for, for a long time. And, but I've always been injured. I would, I would run, I'd get hurt. I'd run, I'd get hurt. I'd get better. I'd get hurt. And even when I was training this year, I was hurt for so long. I'd run three or four miles with, and it was just painful. And I just keep pushing through that. And I'd run for my, my workout, but it would take me three days to recover, to go run again. And being able to learn how to do the body maintenance, to have your body prepared to run again. And I talked to so many people in my, like my running groups or my friends who I train with, and I talked to them about that work on your flexibility and your mobility and guys, come on, let's go, you know, cause I'm ready to go again. And they're, and, and they're like, Hey, we need it. We need a day here, Scott. And I'm like, no, let's go. Um, so it's, you know, just learning how to take oh. care of your body and just being ready for the very next thing is, uh, is, is a big key part to all that success. Yeah. So you mentioned that your plan didn't just contain the training. What was it? Those other things that you said, you were missing that you really needed? Yeah, the body maintenance was huge for me. It, it really taught me how to recover and be ready to go again, um, not just from one workout to the next, but, you know, we were doing multiple workouts on, on a day. I mean, it was almost two per day every, every day for me and, and or back to back. Um, with my schedule, a lot of athletes can do like a morning and a, and a night, but I was having to do everything at night. But one of the mindset changes that I had was if I didn't have time to do the body maintenance, then I didn't have time to do the workout. And there was a lot of days when I would actually cut my workout short to make sure that I did my 15 minutes of, you know, foam rolling and, and using my massage gun and uh, my stretching and mobility and, and all that to make sure that I was being recovered because it was more important to me to make sure that I would stay injury free than what that one extra mile would be running. Yeah. Um, so that was probably my number one. Number two was learning proper nutrition and hydration. So that's one thing that I just really didn't have any experience with. Um, I went from taping Gatorade bars to my bike to actually having, you know, an, a, a nutrition plan and going into a race with a schedule, you know, top to bottom of, I'm going to wake up at this time and I'm going to eat these things. I'm going to go into my race, it's going to start. And then at this point in the race, I'm going to have this at this point in the race, at this many minutes, I'm going to have this all the way to the end. So from the time that that day started to the time the event was over, I had a blueprint for my hydration, for my nutrition and what I was going to eat and drink and when. 
how much I was going to consume for carbs, for calories, for electrolytes, salt tabs, you name it. And then documenting all of that so that I could use that as a guide for the next one. And of course, adjusting that based on the distance of the event, how hot it was going to be, how humid it was going to be, how hilly it was going to be. And using that each time just to gain more experience as to what my body needed for fueling, you know, to get to the finish line. These are great. Wow. I hope everyone's actually just uh, put notes on that one. Oh my God, that was like, that was like, that was <laughs> A lot heavy. of notes, everyone. He <laughs> just you? told you of what he does oh, on his secrets. nutrition. Okay, so you can actually also do it. Do you, can, can you guys relate to that one also, Julie and uh, Mark, the way you do your nutrition or body maintenance since uh, Scott mentioned that? Yep. How about uh, uh, Julie? How about you elaborate more of what you do? Yeah, so first of all, I'm not sure why I'm, I can't believe I'm part of this ah, channel. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty incredible uh, athletes oh. and truly very inspiring. Uh, I want to be a Iron Man someday too. Uh, I just have a lot of other different goals uh, with the running that, uh, yeah. So anyways, You're yeah. Um, Stop. No, it. <laughs> it's true. I was like, oh my God, these are amazing athletes. Why am I here? But uh, no, like, yeah, I agree with uh, both. I think we, like, we surprise ourselves. I don't believe when you say, hey, run at 710. I, if you told me like, run 710 for like six miles, I probably have a hard time in my mind doing that. And, but then it's pretty incredible what our bodies are able to do when we have the right training, proper coaching, body maintenance and stuff like that. I think it's a uh, pretty incredible. I honestly didn't expect also uh, to be able to do what I've been able to do um, this year and the last few years. And also given my back problem also, because I really wasn't running for probably six, seven, eight months um, before I started coaching with you again. Um, so I'm still dealing with the problem, but uh, I'm able to, I think maintaining a strong mindset, like what's your winning mindset? Like what's your why? And go back to that when things aren't going the way you want it. Like I just actually got another shot today for my back. So I'll let you know if it works. Um, so yeah, like just having that mindset and I and I believe that having your expertise to guide us through these things and navigate through these things I think um, yeah it's super effective and I too have surprised myself um, with what I've been able to do. Um, I want to ask Julie because there, we have uh, some some other athletes also who have been working a lot especially during COVID sitting on their desk and like, yeah. you know, kind of like balancing, balancing, <laughs> I say balancing because, but then they, they could end up just being, you know, just putting a lot on work and then less on body maintenance. Do you yeah. mind if you can uh, share, uh, you know, what you, like any advice that, you know, if they're doing a lot of uh, sitting on their desk, what can they do? Yeah, I think um, I tried to be more mindful. I didn't before. Um, as you know, I was striving a lot for work. So I was on the plane almost every week, three, four uh, different flights. And so I really wasn't doing anything. But now I just try to be more mindful of it. And also with the changes in my work schedule, it has been a, um, super helpful for my situation also because I don't sit on the desk for extended periods of time anymore. Uh, but just sitting on that lacrosse ball, getting up, stretching. Um, I did a little bit of Pilates also. My friend actually um, uh, yeah. uh, did hired somebody to work with me when she found out I had a background. That was her gift for me, which was kind of very nice of her to do that. So she did a one-on-one -on -one session with me and just taught me some exercises, just sure. same stretching and stuff like that. So you're not in the same sitting position for extended period of time. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. So yeah, uh, so everyone, uh, those are the things sometimes we get, we can get so busy and also myself and Vinera also uh, just want to share, for example, uh, if you're actually lock, uh, working long hours in front of the computer, we do breaks and then just run around in five, 15 minutes and just, you know, walk because it, it can be tough. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so in terms of, uh, we're talking about goals, you know, dreams, right? 
Um, have you ever thought that you'd actually, you know, when, when things go wrong or like when things are just so hard during training or something like more of unexpected thing, what is it that you do? How about give us some two top things that you do? So for example, let's just say, Mark, you got sick, you know, how do you reframe your mindset or what do you do right now? Like physically, how about your work? How do you think about your goal? You know, because there are athletes also that we're in, you know, it's not perfect, right? Especially if we're all very busy and we tried our best, but not all of it can be controlled. Or for example, let's say, Scott, Scott, it was raining, <laughs> it was flooding in Ironman Cozumel on your first. And, you know, other athletes could be like freaking out, oh, the wind, uh, you know, flat tires, right? Uh, you know, how do you, what can you give us top two things that you can advise us? Uh, how, how do you deal with it when things get hard and you're training for a big race and it's coming up? All right, let's, how about let's hear from Mark. Um, okay, so I got sick and I have always dealt with knee pain and um, the knee pain got the worst during the last two weeks of training. And it was like, I remember I was running my, with my little brother and he was going like at a nine minute pace on Thanksgiving. Um, or he was going at a seven minute pace and I couldn't go faster than like a nine minute pace. I was really hurting. And, um, yeah. So as for my knee, I, um, I just did everything I can for it. I like just always tried new things. Like you always told me to just try new things like do yoga. Um, so I tried that. I reached out to different people. I re reached out to a, a different masseuses cause I never really found like a good sports masseuse. So I've always picked a different sports masseuse every time. And I finally found one who was really good and found like how tight my quads were, which was affecting my knee. So did that also got, um, talked with a doctor, um, who made me feel confident, like saying, telling me that it wasn't, it wasn't fractured. It was just a little bit of cartilage damage. So I did everything I can like to really, um, get my knee to really like to get as much consultation from, about it, um, there's a lot of like, there, there's a lot of maintenance too in, in your body that like Scott was saying, you really have to um, take care of your body. Like I feel horrible at the day after a long run and I go super fast. So um, I guess I'm getting old now because <laughs> I used to not feel like that before, but uh, yeah, like now I just, it takes me like a couple of days to get better. So um, doing the body maintenance stuff, like the foam rolling and all that stuff to really strengthen your body, loosen it up, get it ready for the next run is important. Um, as for being sick, like you really have to just focus on recovery. And I would just read a lot of um, other athletes. Like I read Champions Mind. I would read um, that famous athlete, um, David Goggins. He's a pretty good, like I just read a lot, like to get my mind kind of you know, more motivated when I'm sick. Cause you know, I just want to recover, but I still want to be in the mindset of, um, you know, athletes who are in this. Yes. So that's what I kind of do. Love what you said. Uh, it looks like, you know, you listen to your body, look at different mm -hmm. methods of how to solve the problem. You, you don't just like let go of the dream, but actually still continuously work on what you can do. Right. Yeah. Cause in the moment you're trying to recover and but you're still trying to, you know, do the things that you can do. Do you feel like, oh, things, all of these things are happening. My dreams are bye-bye now. Oh, yeah. I thought how, how, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I thought like, I was sick. I, I honestly wanted to pull out. Like, my knee was just hurting every time I ran. And it just wasn't getting better. It was just getting worse and worse after every run. Mm -hmm. um, so I did so many different things. I would ice. I even changed my shoes, like, the week before. And I think that helped. So I, I had the same shoes for a very long time. So I changed my shoes. Like I did everything like to, like to, to see what was wrong with my knee. I just always tried different things. And um, I finally found, you know, the ways, which was to, to KT tape my knee, to, um, I, to change my shoes, um, to the, the stride I went, like I would record myself running and I sent it to Shangri-La. Am I, am I running in the right way? So like literally everything I would, do everything I can because I wanted this goal so bad. So awesome. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Good. Thanks. You know, yeah. <laughs> you, you find the ways. Good. Yeah. Good. All right. Let's hear from uh, Scott. Scott, how about you? Uh, let me just show you uh, very quickly what happened in Cozumel. I actually pulled this one up. 
<laughs> this is wow. no, it, it's not Philippines. <laughs> this is not the swim course. Yeah, but this is uh, the bike course. Wow. This is the bike course. It's one of I think you have to pass this uh, two two times. Yeah, there's three loops there, but it was only twice that it was. Are these flooded. racers or just people the local? <laughs> that's that's racers there. That's yeah. racers. All right. Oh my gosh. Okay, this, this was, yeah, was the water was Cozumel. So now the water was, guys, uh, yeah. So if you guys are actually racing Cozumel and or like an Ironman, you plan to like, hey, I'm gonna go for my first Ironman. <laughs> Never, you know, first time in Cozumel, don't know what to expect, and suddenly it's raining, you know, and it's your first, <laughs> first long distance, you know how. I mean, I know it's not just the, uh, the during the train uh, during the race itself. You've had some challenges, especially like just juggling your schedule and then just keeping yourself healthy and not injured, right? Um, how do you deal with challenges, the problems that arises, even though it seems like so hard? Um, yeah, tell us, give us the top two things that you do. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll kind of talk a little about about um, training and that race. Um, you know, the first I'd say is with your, with your training, for me, you know, I leave the house. Uh, we talk about, you know, working in the office and sitting and, and commuting. So for me, if there's a lot of days, then I leave the house and I don't get home until nine o'clock at night, 9.30. I got home last night at 9.30. And I'm going to be back in the office at seven. So it's an hour commute. So for me, I like to get a plan together for the whole week. So I can kind of go into that thinking, I don't want to be trying to figure out what I'm going to eat on, on Wednesday, you know, that day. It's impossible. I've got to try to line things up. So first thing I would really say is have a plan. And it's okay to deviate from that plan based on how you feel or what happens during that week. So some days just life throws you a curveball and you've got to be adaptive in your training and what you're preparing for. You know, it could be, um, I remember one day I went out for one of my longest rides. And I drove 45 minutes to the trail to this you know spot where I was going to go do my ride, and I forgot all my nutrition and my water bottles at home. They were in the fridge, and I'm like, "What do you, what do, you do?" <laughs> um, so you, you've got to be adaptive and figure something out on the fly. And I, I literally went to the 7-Eleven and bought three Gatorade bottles and like four bags of Skittles. And you know what? This is what we used to do, right? Um, <laughs> it's not what we have, but what we have today. And I want to quote a, a great philosopher, Mike Tyson, um, when he said, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. Mm -hmm. And it's and it's so true in this sport because every once in a while, just reach up and kind of punch you in the face and your plan just goes completely apart when you're trying to do a swim, a bike, and a run all in one day. Maybe the weather throws you a curveball. Maybe you get something wrong with your bike. I mean, Again, I was going out one day and my brake fell off my bike. And I'm like, I can't ride it like this. What do you do? So it's something I hadn't experienced before. And we had to overcome that to, you know, go go back at it. So some days you just you just start, you you just maybe even quit. Go fix it and then start back over. Or some days you gotta just shorten your workout and move on to the next one. Um, so that's one of the, the pieces that I've learned about training and that plan is. Sometimes we get too wrapped up in, well, I had 15 miles and I only got 12 and a half in, or I had a 30 minute or a 45 minute bike and I only got 30 minutes of it in. So um, you know, don't let that discourage you and, and be adaptive to those situations that kind of throw, throw at you. Um, in the race, you know, the same thing there is being prepared for those situations, monitoring the weather. I mean, I, I want to feel, and this is, this is just me is like, I went into that race knowing that it was going to rain that day. And all I kept telling myself was, at least it wasn't Ironman California. How <laughs> bad that weather was, right? Yeah. And it, you know, we just or saw what happened there with that race even getting canceled. Yeah. And I just kept telling myself, like, this is going to be terrible weather, but we're fortunate for what we have and the venue that we have and the event that we have. And I just kept telling myself, you know, embrace the suck that this is going to be. And that will mentally prepare me better than everyone else. And, you know, all I did was pass people that whole day. I mean, just, I, I, I think I maybe, I, I, I didn't have my tracker working. There was a problem with my tracker where 
So really couldn't see how many total people we passed, but <laughs> it was, it was in, I, I think it was over a thousand people between the swim, I'm sorry, the, the bike and the run when I got out of the water. So it just, you could tell other people didn't have that mental edge of mm-hmm. this is fantastic. They were like, this is terrible. And I'm looking at, you know, there's points of the island where you're actually looking at the ocean and you can see the water coming in. I'm like, this is the most beautiful place in the world. And other else is probably just, okay, I don't like this. Get me out of here. And um, so that's, that's the part about race day was, you know, monitoring the situation well in advance, knowing what to expect and being able to adapt to the situations that come your way. That water was totally unexpected. I mean, it was ankle deep on the bike and, you know, just going slow and you try to keep your feet dry and, and you get to that point, just like, you know what, just going to plow right through it and yeah. carry on and, um, you know, continue doing my best. Um, so that's really what, what I'd really say about, you know, race day. And um, you always have a, a, a motto, it's, it's called the five P's. And I had this from the, from the Marine Corps when I was enlisted there. And we talked about proper planning prevents poor performance. And that's something that stuck with me my whole life. So proper planning prevents poor performance. And, you know, just like that day, I forgot my water bottles and hydration. You know, I just didn't plan well enough because mm-hmm. I came home Friday late on a swim and I worked late, got home. It was like 9, 30, 10 o'clock. And that morning I was trying to get my stuff ready. And that's a no-no for me. Normally on Friday night, I get my bike stuff ready for my ride on Saturday. And I was just behind a little bit trying to get out the door and knowing that I needed to make it out the door before a certain time to beat the heat and get my ride started. So it was just, I wasn't properly planned that day. And guess what? You know, poor performance on that day. Yeah. Those are great. Proper planning prevents poor performance. Love it. Five Ps. (laughs) Adaptive. When, not just during the race, what you have heard is actually Scott has been practicing his adapt, uh, him being adaptive during training. Other athletes, they would be like, oh, didn't work out because of this. But actually, as, a, as I've been coaching athletes, like use it as an opportunity to actually be resourceful in solving your problems. Because at the race, things will be thrown at you the least you expected. And then now you are at least, that's part of the training, you know, during training. The next thing that he brought up also is, you know, just staying positive, being prepared of what to expect during the race, looking out for it, and a lot to do with the mindset. Instead of looking how bad the weather was, he was looking at how beautiful it is and then how it, you know, how fortunate that he was there Compared to it was, you know, IMCA when it got canceled. What if it got canceled? Cozumel, you prepared for it. And like, ah, right? That would have bummed. But this one was doable. And actually, he got 1130 on his first full Ironman. And he's safe. And he was just actually, uh, yeah, here you go. Let me just show it. This one, this are great. Um, yeah, he got some epic pictures there. This was caught finishing. Ironman Cozumel, his dream, done. All wet right here. Yeah. Congratulations, Scott. Great. How about you, Julie? How do you deal with challenges uh, during Uh, training and racing? So uh, I'm a big fan of uh, personal development stuff. So I uh, believe in taking care of our mind, body, and spirit or soul. So yes, the first thing I do when the challenges is real, like for example, my back, it was really demotivating at one point. Uh, The first thing I do is seek inspiration. So whether it's just like Mark reading books or listening to other athletes or just talking to, just even just going to the race at CIM on the bus, I was sitting next to a 64 year old lady and we were talking and I was just so inspired by her. Like she's out here racing you know, at her age. And I was talking about my back pain and she looked at me, she's like, I'm getting to have, ready to have surgery. And I'm thinking to myself, like, who are you? I mean, it almost like minimizes my excuse. And here she is, and she's an ultra runner. And she was so excited telling me she got accepted to this 50 mile run in Lake Sonoma in April. I was like, oh my God, she blew me away. I was like embarrassed to even share with her my back problem. Anyway, so those kind of stories to me are, 
rather inspiring. And um, and then, so I look for inspiration because there's some days you don't want to train, you know, it's just uh, motivation is lacking. I listen to some videos. There's some um, athletes that I admire. I watch YouTubes of Elliot Kipchoge or Kobe Bryant I like and um, stuff like that. So whatever it is that inspires you or talking to regular athletes, um, will help you. It creates that environment to, um, have that winning mindset. And then, and I think the second thing that I learned through the process is, uh, my relationship with failure. I think it's very important that, uh, we understand first and foremost that it's actually, I was listening to this masterclass of, uh, it was Lewis Hamilton, the race car driver. He said, failure, don't quote me on this, but he said something like, uh, failure is a hundred percent necessary to achieve greatness. So I think before I would get so upset when things don't go my way, but I think when you change your mindset, you, we cannot believe that everything's just going to go our way a hundred percent every single time, every time we go training or racing, yeah, right. Something's going to happen. So if you have accepted that, I mean, you do the five Bs. You prepare for sure, do the best you can, but also don't beat yourself up with things beyond your control happens and you know, you're know you not able to achieve your goal and stuff like that. So I think having that, uh, my relationship with failure, accepting that's gonna be part of the journey and embracing that as part of the journey. And what can you learn from that journey to make you a better, uh, to have a better race or um, I think it's the mindset too. Um, so those are the two things for me find my inspiration and then be accept failure, failure as part of the journey, but also do your part to prepare for it. I love what Scott also said about um, looking at the positive in every circumstance, right? Like it's not the most ideal racing situation, but yeah, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. Like, and sometimes I'm like, okay, I have back pain, but what? I'm so lucky I'm running. Like I get so emotional when I even start running because what am I doing? Why am I even here? You know, so I just feel like it's such a blessing. And then you start enjoying it more versus just being so upset about something because, you know, I want it so bad too. But if you go about it with the right mindset and a winning mindset, um, I think it makes the whole journey a lot more enjoyable. Love it. Wow. Accepting failure. There are athletes here who are afraid of DNF or DNS, and some of them could be, you know, they're afraid to like, what if, you know, like, here's the big dream, uh, what if, and then there's several reasons, right? What would you tell to those people, uh, Julie? You know, because there, I mean, whenever there's a big dream, there are chances that, that there's failure, right? So now how can we, encourage those athletes that you know that is uh like overcome that failure would love to yes so I think first of all like we have to look inwards and check our why look at the big picture and then um look at some uh examples out there like the incredible athletes who like Michael Jordan for example uh right like he wasn't accepted in the varsity of basketball and stuff like that and turned out to be uh, one of the greatest players ever to ever play. So, I mean, if you look and seek for those inspiration and then work on yourself too, to be able to accept and say, hey, you know, maybe it's not meant for me today, but maybe tomorrow, right? Or maybe it's not my month this month, but in six months, I'll be better at this, right? Like um, I didn't hit my, so when I race also, I have like my very first goal. And then I also have my second and third goal. So I don't get too disappointed. Like when I ran London and I cramped at mile 19, uh, I was so surprised how my reaction was. I was very quick to, okay, so it happened, Julie, that's fine. You have goal number two. Um, what are you <laughs> gonna do now to, to get there? So I wasn't running for the rest of the race, upset, frustrated, like yeah. I used to, don't get me wrong, I used to, but I think it's something that you can really learn through personal development stuff. like. Mm-hmm. looking seeking for inspiration reading books and accepting its reality in life like yep. you can't expect to not ever fail you know um and use that failure to make you better because we're all pre-programmed that if we push ourselves to our limits 
it's going to return to a better version of us. So I feel like sometimes if that's what's going to take, it's because it's going to be a better version of us tomorrow. So I look at it that way, like, okay, it happened. Okay. You know, don't get me wrong. You feel the pain. I'm not saying, you know, uh, don't just process it, but don't dwell on it. Yeah. So actually that video I, I showed you, I sent you, Shang, it talked about how Elrod talked about five minute rule. And I apply that in my daily life too. five minutes. You get upset about something not going your way. You have five minutes to get upset, whine about it, whatever. After five minutes, instead of dwelling on it, move on and tell yourself, um, can't change it. So after five minutes and can't change it, then process and put your energy on what can I do different next? Make it a more positive. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, to add to that, to what Julie just said there is that, you know, like a lot of other athletes, like they have this big goals and then they start looking at like what's hard about it, what could fail. But then what about if you ask yourself, well, what if you actually work on it every single day, break it apart? What if how much transformation you gain on each single day leading to your goal just because you gain, you actually aim for that big goal? Would you actually aim for that big goal, right? And then move a little forward rather than doing nothing. It's yeah. much difference, right? Or yeah. you could be actually also, you know, like if you're, you can be watching your friends get their goals because they're just too afraid of failure. But then if you think about it, let's just say Mark got his uh, sub three hours in seven weeks. If he continues just watching his friends, you know, right? or doing the same thing before, he he probably took a longer time or like Scott also, or Julie, right? But they were not afraid of actually going for that big goals. The next question is that how to do it. And they find their ways because they're smart human beings. They they want their goal, you will find a way. You know, the the main thing that we would like is to actually commit to that big goal and then the how comes to that because you just wants your dream so much, you'll find a way, even though right now you don't know how. Okay. We did talk about, uh, we're almost ending actually. So we did touch base several things here. And this is actually what we do for our Feisty Fox coaching athletes. Um, for this, us, this is the roadmap in case you guys are wondering what might be missing from what you're doing right now in your training. So we did touch base of the body maintenance habit, which uh, uh, they mentioned, address weak links, fast recovery, learn how to recover fast so you can go back consistently to your workouts. You reduce uh, your overtraining. 360 strategic training includes not just, you know, going to the distance, but actually be more strategic with your pacing so you know how fast you can go at that time. When, when uh, When Scott, Mark, and Julie, you know, like sometimes we... Yeah, what they do is to execute, right? But then there's also some limiting beliefs, right? So now what I do is that look at the data. What is it really that's doable? <laughs> I'm not going to make them run a 515 or five, you know, close to five minutes per mile if I don't believe that they can do it. Otherwise, they're going to hurt themselves, right? So the speed itself, it does help a lot being more specific. Definitely know the, about the endurance. Next thing is the nutrition strategy, okay? You forgot the technique. Very yes, the technique important. is very important. Uh, race-specific skills and strategy, okay? Because it varies, okay? Uh, for example, uh, next thing is the mindset. We really touch base a lot on the mindset, everyone. If you're not inspired just yet of all the things that Julie, Scott, and Mark just bundled up, <laughs> you should be taking notes, okay? Um, I do have one question for all of you guys. During the short, so Julie started up in summer this year. What do you think from summer to now? What made the biggest difference for you working together with Coach Shingle and the rest of the team, the, the registered dietitian, the phys- physical therapist, everybody? Yeah, I think uh, for sure that I didn't hurt myself or make it worse, right? Because I already went into it with a background, but were able to manage it and still run my best race with a back issue. You know what I mean? So I think that says a lot about the support uh, and the knowledge and the guidance that Shang and the team has given me. 
uh, throughout the training uh, for the whole thing. Awesome. For sure. What about you, Mark? You just did seven weeks. Crazy schedule. He's on break what, now. <laughs> what made the biggest difference for you? I think um, so someone had talked to about my knee problems and then the accountability on my workouts. Like sometimes I just really didn't want to do a workout, but then like Shangri-La would just text me randomly and be like, Oh, um, by the way, um, something about this pace and your nutrition, make sure you're, you're keeping track on that. And there's like, that just kind of shifts my mind every time you text me. Um, so the accountability and um, just, I was always so worried about my knee and um, just the way I would feel afterwards on a workout and being able to talk to someone and consult about that was, it definitely gave me more confidence going into the race. Nice. Nice. What about you, Scott? Oh, if I had to put it to one thing, I don't know. (laughs) There's so many, Um, you know, for me, it was learning to swim and, you know, I've always been such a strong runner that going into these, any triathlon, I always felt super confident in the run. Like all I need to do is get through the swim I, I can do okay on the bike. And then I would crush the run. And in Cozumel, the swim was my best event. Like it was just mind blowing that this, that the technique and the training and the pacing, like I went from not being able to swim 500 meters in the pool to swimming 10,000 in a week. And it was just to me. I'm like, I've already swam. She wants me to swim another 2000 today. Okay. And 4,000 tomorrow. And, you know, okay, 2000 next, I'm like, I'm, I'm just going. And, and it just really built the endurance and the confidence to just attack the water. So even though I really wasn't swimming as much as I probably should have, it was, it worked. I'd say that and it worked well because it, I thought it was going to be my worst part of the, of the triathlon and it was my best. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was amazing uh, for me to, to kind of go from where I was um, and I'll give you an example. I ran a 70.3 before coaching and my, my full Ironman swim time was just slightly longer than my, my 70.3 swim time. So that's how, how much I improved during that time period. Wow. Let me just uh, show off Scott's time. One hour, four minutes. Wow. That's uh, 140 minutes per 100 meters. That's for 2.4 miles, 104, almost sub one hour on his full Ironman. He was dreading swimming. He didn't even sight. I don't think so. (laughs) You had a great time. You were looking at the coral. (laughs) It was a fun time for you, I think. It was, it was so enjoyable. And um, I mean, the, 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 it was a beautiful day on the ocean and the, the moon was actually still visible. So I was actually sighting off of the moon, wow. but I was actually so relaxed in that swim that I'm like, all right, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. And, you know, I was pacing myself and then I'm like, I'm here at the end and I could have went way faster. Like, I, I feel like if I would have really pushed myself, I could have went sub 60 on that. Not to take away from the time that I was super happy with, but it was like, Oh, this was way easier than I thought it was going to be. And, um, you know, so, so worried on that and, and kind of coming back to what you said earlier about setting goals. I remember how afraid I was to commit to that Ironman. And even though I've done 70.3s and the, and the marathons and 50 Ks and these ultras, I was scared to, to commit and register. And I, anybody listening and Julie, you're one of these people, just put it down. <laughs> <laughs> write it down as this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to go do it. And, and, you know, you don't have to sign up for it today, but pick that event and pick that day and go for it. And once you do that, that's half the battle of getting there. You're inspiring everyone. Wow. <laughs> Someone who, yeah, we didn't like swimming. I don't like swimming. <laughs> I, I hated swimming. I don't I hated, like it. I dreaded it. <laughs> I, I, I dreaded swimming. And like I said, I, I just, I would go to the pool and I would, I would also think like, well, I have to be rested to go swim because I swim so bad. And then it was like, coach has me swimming after doing, you know, this, this massive brick. There's no way I can swim. And you know, based on the technique and based on the drills that she would have me doing, being that my legs were tired, 
showed me how to still swim and improve myself doing different drills when my legs were completely fatigued and I was having my best swims on those days. Yep. So again, it kind of changed my mental um, way of thinking about it and then preparing my body because I, I would skip those days previously thinking there's no way I can swim. And now it's like, I'm looking forward to those swims. They're like recovery days to me. Yep. And Julie mentioned about wow. your back. Like for me, I had back problems myself. And when I would go to the pool and being in the pool, it would decompress my spine. Yep. So it was helping me improve with my back pain by being in the pool and not on the pavement or on the bike kind of, you know, hunched over. Yep. Wow. Were you going to say Thank something? Thank you. There you no, go. just right. a thing. Okay. Awesome. I know Mark is a 70.3 finisher himself, but I also know that he's going to do, uh, he's focusing on, you know, getting that 255 <laughs> first. He will. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually. Right now I'm focused on the running. All right. Okay. Well, we're super proud of the three of you. Super proud. This is an amazing year. I'm glad that the races has come back. There's more races coming up next year. And uh, for everyone, if you have not thought of your dream, I'm sure you have, but you just don't want to say it. Maybe this is the right time. Just like, kind of like type that I want to be, <laughs> I want to do, What's the goal? put that down, down below. Okay. God, obviously you recommend Cozumel, huh? For first time. I do. And, and yeah. Yeah. I, I do. It is a great too. course. That's a great course. Hey, and coach, I'll tell, can I say this? If anybody's out there and they're afraid to do a race and they don't have anybody to trade with, connect with me on Strava and I'll every day be right there with you. So um, happy to, to join you on your training and your races and just be there as a virtual, you know, runner or, or cyclist or whatever it is. I'm sure that uh, some of the other guys in the group would do the exact same. That's Scott from Georgia. Wow. Awesome, awesome. That's so generous of you. Congrats, yeah. congrats. So that's what we do, everyone. I, <laughs> tell me you're inspired. <laughs> tell me you're about to get your dream or continue going for big goals. I hope your fears has been like oh, almost demolished and you're really getting after it, you know, starting today. Or if not today, tomorrow. Okay, so that's what we do in Feisty Fox Coaching. We help busy high achievers achieve their dreams, no matter how big they're at, no matter what challenges they're going through, or however much, however level. Okay, it doesn't have. You don't have to have like big goals as uh, you know, like as big as Boston. Each one, you tell us what your big goal is. Could be a sprint triathlon. It could be a five k. That's already big. Okay, let us know down below. Okay. Or if you're having challenges or if you're just new to, let's say running triathlon, I mean, these athletes, they are new. I stop, <laughs> but I know Mark, this was her, his third full marathon, right? Mark. Wow. Yeah, third full marathon. And Julie wow. just started running four years ago. Right. Yep. And then I know Scott also is his first full Ironman. I believe you started with your first 70.3 this year also, okay? So, but it really depends on how you want to plan your year, meaning that, or your journey, okay? If you're new, it doesn't mean that you like go little, it's up to you. It's up, it's up to you how you plan or design your journey, okay? You don't have to go sprint also, it's up to you, just like what Scott said. Okay. Um, so what we do is that we help athletes in these five things that I actually showed to you earlier. So if you're just going for training plan, um, we don't do just that because we know that it won't get, it won't guarantee the success, just like what Scott, Mark, and, uh, and Julie got. Okay. Cause I did, I used to have, I used to have online training plans. I even have coaches and then, you know, they give me training plans, but it doesn't work. And I realized throughout all the coaching and uh, training myself as an athlete is that we need this 80-20 rapid results method. We need the body maintenance. We need the training and not just speed endurance. We need technique, nutrition, not just during the race, but actually during your weekly um, uh, training on weekends. Okay. And definitely the mindset. 
Okay. So what we do is that if you would like to speak to Vineva and I, we give this free 15 minute call just to speak of how we can give you insights, advices of how we can move and give you those next big steps. Okay. So it could be like, coach, I'm not quite sure if I should be signing up. Okay. Use that call. We'll give you, uh, we'll do our best to actually give you insights and also see if we can actually help you. Okay. That way you can learn your blind spots. Make sure that if you want that 15 minute free call, just hashtag game plan below. And then we do this free live training every Wednesdays at 5.30 PM. So far we have next week, next Wednesdays, we're gonna see you here again. We're gonna have exciting and more learning uh, live training here. And uh, let me see what else. Uh, so yeah, uh, if, if you end up uh, trying to get a call with us, put the hashtag game plan and one of our team members will reach out to you, see see what we can figure yeah. out. So that could be uh, Julian, Sarah, and Andre. They're helping us out. So uh, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Julia. No, it's dark on you <laughs> three hours ahead there, Scott, but it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be talking to you all again. And till next week. And happy holidays. If you don't, if you missed out next week, happy holidays, everyone. Have a great week coming up. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you.